In a LinkedIn post, Richie Panda, Global Head of ABM and Content Strategy for HP mentioned that ABM demands absolute customer obsession. To us at Personal ABM, this means that we need to make sure that at each touchpoint, sales, marketing, leadership, and customer success teams are relevant to the accounts that GTM teams want to win, protect, and expand. This includes LinkedIn profiles as more than 65% of buyers will review profiles before considering connecting with sales and marketing. Yet my team finds that 95% of LinkedIn profiles are irrelevant to buyers. This is happening even though organizations like NetApp are busy turning their inside sales teams into digital sales response teams. Can this be why LinkedIn studies show that more than 44% of organizations report a significant decline in responsiveness? A HubSpot report shows that a gap between sellers and buyers has been widening and that 40% of sales leaders say getting a response has become more difficult in the last few years. While many teams are adopting approaches like Challenger, it's not being adapted for social as teams are not tailoring for relevance or teaching for differentiation. If there is any information for buyers, it's usually focused on highlighting their company's products, their services, features, and generic benefits for mass audiences. According to the Challenger sales book, only 14% of companies' so-called unique benefits are seen as unique, beneficial, and relevant to its customers or even perceived as unique at all. In most cases, LinkedIn profiles are a place where sales and marketing leaders talk about themselves and their accomplishments. There's no relevant business story for prospects to make an emotional human connection. For example, we found that many sales leaders talk about their biggest closes, their sales awards that they've won, how they're hitting or exceeding quota targets, and more about themselves. But unless you are selling sales training, no one cares about these accomplishments, particularly prospects. These sales leaders actually show the target accounts that their sole interest is closing them, not building a relationship based on value. Where is the trust building? Where is the relationship building? Look at your team's LinkedIn profiles. Do they have an origin story that shows target accounts that your team understands their business and their specific challenges? Are profiles filled with relevant customer stories that targeted prospects conceive themselves in? Or is the experience section a job and role listing? The profiles deliver personal relevance, so profiles speak directly to the accounts the team wants to win, protect, and expand. Does it teach for differentiation against the status quo and competitors? And does the profile use stories to help prospects see their specific and their competitor-specific unconsidered gaps and impacts? Do the profiles reframe the specific thoughts of specific target prospects? And do they make a business case and build confidence or trust? Are LinkedIn profiles written in the third person, which creates an automatic disconnect? No one talks about themselves in third person at a live in-person event. So why are business leaders and sales and marketing professionals talking about themselves in the third person on social, where we should be building a human-to-human -human connection? Are profiles focused on the past versus the present and the future? Prospects need to know how you can help them now with their current situation, and that you will continue to evolve and help them achieve their future long-term goals. Are the profiles written with intention? We find that most profiles are designed without thinking about who sales wants to attract with their profiles and why they're writing the profile in the first place. They're not thinking about why target accounts need to buy from them so they can put together the right stories to attract those particular prospects. In fact, most profiles are designed in a set it and forget it manner. The profiles are not evolving as the target list evolves. The content that's included on the profile and the content that's being shared, as well as the interactions 
that, that teams are having with other users should be constantly tailored for relevance to speak to the specific accounts and to the human buyers you wish to attract. Profiles should speak directly to the human buyers and influencers at the accounts that you want to acquire, the accounts you want to close. This means profiles need to be written with specific accounts in mind, specific named accounts, not accounts like X, Y, and Z. You'll need to appeal to your target prospects and make sure that every single piece of information is relevant to their buying needs. For example, those that are watching this video are now seeing the profile for the SVP of sales and marketing for RGL Logistics. They're a regional warehouse management firm that was at risk of losing their biggest revenue client, P&G in Green Bay, Wisconsin. They needed to create quick engagement with the C-suite. Otherwise, the business would shift to Ryder, who's a national competitor that operated P&G's Green Bay Distribution Center. As I read the profile content we provided, notice how we reframe P&G's thoughts right away as we talk about 50% of 3PLs under leveraging the warehouse, DC, and transportation as they focused on costs versus growth. We show how the SVP understands the P&G business as she worked for them for over 14 years. The beliefs we talked about are P&G's beliefs. The stories are, that are included in the summary and in the experience section are actual P&G stories. Now, Ryder is a logistics firm that would have put 40% of direct ships at risk. Ryder is a firm that would have also slowed inventory turns, even though there is a direct correlation between fast inventory turns and greater profitability. Now, here's the profile summary for this SVP. Even though more than 50% of 3PLs under leverage the warehouse, DCs and transportation as they focus on costs, there's an opportunity for manufacturers to use these assets to drive growth. However, in working with P&G for 14 plus years and at the supply, at supply chain firms like Schneider and RGL for 13 plus years, I've learned that segmented visibility makes it challenging to meet customer demands and drive organic growth. The most common belief is that visibility means knowing where your freight is today and that each department must understand their own inflow and outflow. In most cases, the warehouse DC and transportation are not connected and they do not have joint metrics that enable them to collaborate toward a mutual goal. When you read position number one in my experience section, you'll learn how segmented visibility resulted in one of the largest logistic firms making suggestions that would slow inventory returns by 50% and put 40% of direct ships at risk for one of the largest CPG manufacturers in Wisconsin. The key departments that did not have strong and accurate measure of how they could impact each other and their customers' growth. In position two, you'll learn how your TMS is impacting margin growth at OTIF and OFATIF performance to customers because it lacks order to cash capacity and data visibility. In partnering with GTMS, I learned that true visibility pairs the supply chain freight status with summary level data and daily, weekly, and monthly metrics to see trends in the business in real time. In position three, you'll learn how low visibility into inbound shipping had supply chain managers at another Green Bay manufacturer scramble every time raw product was held up in Alabama because of delays or capacity issues. Their shipping process led to 250,000 in expedited costs to limit production line downtime and impacts to customers. Learn where visibility gaps lie in your supply chain and how they impact operations, finance, and the customer. Let's connect and discuss. This SVP's new profile helped create the engagement that she needed with key decision makers at Procter & Gamble the engagement that they were lacking as conversations were only held at the plant level. By changing social, email, and live interactions, our client was able to protect and expand their account with Procter & Gamble. 
Now here's a copy, copy that personally BM created for the VP of sales for a Danish B2C marketing automation platform. Because C19 changed customer buying habits and customer demand relevant, customers demand relevant personalized experiences, many B2C omnichannel retailers or, are forced to create stronger buying engagement. They wanna win back hearts, minds, and wallets. However, most marketing automation platforms do not structure data in a way that allows teams to craft right messages for the right buyers at the right time. For example, I'm a proud father of a son that is now two years and eight months old. When he was born, my wife and I shopped the largest Scandinavian retail retailer for baby clothes and accessories. This retailer had over 200 stores, a strong online presence, and a loyalty club that we belong to. Yet, we continue to get email communications and ads for girls' clothes. They failed to leverage both online and offline data to only show us clothes and products that match our son's sex, age, and size, and even preferred colors and style. They should show a pattern of past purchases and items viewed so there is a reason behind the recommendations and a reason for us to stay engaged. Because Agilic, the retailer's marketing uh, platform provider, does not provide a deep data model to get accurate customer profile, the retailer is engaging in a blast, a batch and blast approach. The relevancy and timeliness that Agilic promotes on their website is not being executed for their customers. In fact, five of my, my most recent clients were former customers of Agilic that were seeing high unsubscribe rates and low responsiveness across all channels as customers lost interest. In selling Orica, Eloqua, Sitecore, and Apsis for over nine years, I learned that all marketing automation platforms talk about is how they improve customer interactions across all channels. But my clients had to continue adding tools and integrations to make messages more relevant on more platforms and customer touch points. The more tools that were added, the more complex it became to create campaigns that spoke to individual human buyers. Instead of building data models for specific integration like online stores, ERPs, POS, loyalty clubs, et cetera, the data was thrown into a one-size-fits-all model. How can marketers be relevant with buyers if they cannot go beyond the numbers and figures and orchestrate the data to respond to online and offline behavior? This is why I work with a B2C omnichannel retailers to deliver a data-driven marketing automation platform where they match personal communications with their customer profiles and online offline behaviors. As a result, my clients see 20 plus, 20% plus more engagement they experienced double-digit sales growth percentage increases. Read my experience section below to see more of my retailer success stories. Notice how we tailored his profile for relevance with specific retailers. Notice how we taught for differentiation against the status quo and the company's competitors. If you're not relevant starting with your profile, how can you build trust and a strong digital relationship with buyers? How are you going to move buyers to conversations on, on, offline? As part of an ABM program, we need to make sure that profiles are relevant to the accounts we're looking to win, protect, and expand. I'm Christina Jaramillo, president of Personal ABM and host of the ABM Done Right podcast. Check out Personal ABM for our ABM resources, including videos, podcasts, and articles. And if you'd like to see how you can increase your team's relevance across all touch points to ensure greater engagement, stage progression, and wins with tier one accounts, book a free ABM strategy session.